Thanks for joining us for our conversation this week. I'm Amy Tokas, co-host with Sandy Lane. This podcast, we are discussing work-life balance. We decided it is more about the action of balancing and having good boundaries. We share our times of struggles with balance and how we made it through. Always keeping it real. Thanks for listening to Your Real, Your Ideal. Enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, Sandy. Amy, hello. Look at you. You're all smiles today. Ah, I, I've uh, been traveling all day, so six hours on the road, finished a good audio book, started a new one, but it's always that little bit of, uh, maybe I'm a little uh, jet-lagged a little bit, car-lagged. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm like, I'm glad, happy to be home. I'm happy to be taping the podcast. Um, all good, but I'll be very happy to sleep in my own bed too. I'm sure. Yes. When you travel, it's always nice to be home. It's always, yes. nice it's always be- fun to travel, but it's always nice to be home. <laughs> okay. So today we're talking about work-life balance and you going on the trip this weekend. That's what a great segue into that, because that's a little bit of a work-life balance experience because you were traveling for a speaking event work, but you have children in Denver where you were speaking at. So you were probably able to incorporate it, right? Very much so. And I'm pretty intentional about looking for speaking workshop opportunities that require travel to places where I can visit other people or there's a, or hubby can come along with me because it's a place he wants to go. Um, and part of that is the work-life balance. Cause what I've learned is at my age, I'm not a travel warrior. I don't know if I've ever been a travel warrior. Now that I think about it, I don't know if I could have ever been that person that's on the road Monday through Friday or yeah. a lot, you know, and this was a weekend thing. It was a Saturday. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good reminder to me on, Hey, back in the day, you know, now it's the husband and the dog who do miss me dearly. And the dog didn't eat for 24 hours after I left. I'm trying to remind him he can do hard things. He got over himself after that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that I am picky about what I take because after now getting home and I'm smiling because I'm happy to be home, I wouldn't want to be doing this twice a month. You know, I really wouldn't. I yeah. rather do virtual or, you know, back by my parents some friends or places I love to come back by Omaha, because I have a son there too, in that area. So, right. It's interesting because I think we're kind of at a point in our life and our, where we're at that work-life balance is pretty easy for the most part, because we've got the experience to know what we want to do. And we have, um, our children are all young adults and out on their own. So we don't, have that to balance. And so I think we're kind of in the sweet spot right now. At least I feel like I am because I'm not caring for parents. You know, there's, it's a sweet spot right now. It is. And it's actually, I have a, in my presentation, that's fresh of mine because I just did it this weekend. I have a, I'll I'll give the visual. I, I show the, the three main quadrants of, you know, decision-making and it kind of gets back to work-life balance or any kind of, let's just call it life balance, relationships, finance, and health. Okay. So 
And then there's what's your sweet spot. And my sweet spot isn't going to be exactly the same as your sweet spot for any of those for a variety of different reasons. And, and then I always have the clock and the visual is even though you're looking at the slide has uh, infographics that aren't moving the time is just the, the, the clock hand is going at all times because even while you're trying to balance it, there's only so much time in the day. So, you know how I like to talk about, I could spend half my day working out because health is important to me. And my sweet spot is running half marathons and doing this and that. Well, if I'm sucking all my time there, am I going to have time for my relationships? Am I going to have time to see my kids or go out to dinner with Garrett? And then it's the financial because why do we work? Well, we work because we're making money, right? We're not doing it for free. We are for-profit entities because we live in a capitalistic society. Yeah. And yes. we like, but balancing all those things is whether we have kids, dogs, husbands, it's a balance, but it was much more difficult when I had more human responsibilities. That's a nice way to put it. So I was thinking about that. When do you think in your life, the moment, like I can, I remember specifically the moment that I was like, all right, this is crazy. I, I am like spinning right here because I just had too much on my plate. And what I will say about that, usually when I have a lot on my plate, I, that's when I'm the most productive. It's like, all right, I just need to knock this stuff out and get this done. But there was a time that I had no control, like productivity wouldn't have helped this situation. <laughs> so I, I know my time. Do you have a time that you were like, ah, it would have been the time it would have been after I was newly divorced, newly dating Garrett, changed jobs. I just went to a very demanding job, very time demanding. It was a huge startup. You know, I was the CFO, so I had all this responsibility. But think about it. I lost having the, the, the kid's dad be my partner. So I didn't have, and then I have a long distance relationship that I'm trying to maintain and nurture without the help of that person here and all the stress of the job. And I specifically remember that point in time when the CEO of the company I was working for asked me or told me, said, can't you hire somebody to do this stuff for you? Because he wanted my time, which again, in his, I accepted a job that was very demanding, but that's when the light bulb went on for me because I wasn't going to choose an, an imbalance that took away from my kids, right? Because he said, can't you hire somebody, whether it be household things? Yes, some things cleaning the house. We talked about that last week. Yes, I can hire that out, but I really didn't want to hire somebody to drive my kids around, to take them to their games. I wanted to go to those things too. And that was my aha moment of, this isn't, this isn't sustainable. Yeah, yeah. So mine's, similar. I wasn't going through a divorce or <laughs> building my relationships. I didn't have that situation, but mine was starting my business and it was like going. And I had like, I think I had my first employee at that time, maybe two. And I had four kids playing softball and baseball. And so baseball and softball schedules are crazy. And they were so four of them going all different directions. There's only two of us, Tom and I. So we were like juggling just that piece of it. And right. it was just constant. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> so, it only happened. I think it was only one summer 
that I had the whole thing that happening. And I will say, fortunately, at the end of season tournament, two of my kids, they were at the same place. And I was like, well, that's like, (laughs) that's huge. And it wasn't that great, but, but I just remember, and I think at the same time, my mom was moving. So I think there was some of you know, worrying about her and how she was, cause I think she was actually coming to Omaha at that time or trying to decide. So she was kind of in flux and, and it was just a, it was a lot. lot. I just remember thinking, all right, this is a lot. How did you balance it then? How did you get from imbalance to balance? Well, so what I do, and I, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because just in January, I had like a really busy work month and, you know, usually my work's not that much like where it's just like, you got to be here. You got to do all these stuff. And it took a lot of time. And what I do is I usually say no to stuff. So typically like January, I pretty much said, all right, January, I'm out. Like, just so you know, have zero expectation that, um, because I had weekend stuff. I had people in and out of town. I had to entertain people. And so I was like, you know, just so you know, I can't, I'm not going to be available this weekend. And so it was just having that boundary of nobody has any expectations of me. And then I ended up having time to do stuff, but it was just like, all right, at least I don't feel like I I missed my obligations because I didn't. So with that one, I I I remember that summer, I just bared through it. And I will tell you, I asked for help. That was a lot of, Hey, will you pick up my kid for this? Hey, will you? So it was a lot of, okay, I just, I can't, we can't be at four games at one time. Right. Right. Can't impossible. It was just impossible. Yeah. yeah. And, And guilt because one of my kids got, got hurt at one of the games. I'm just remembering this. And I remember um, another mom drove her to the other field and like brought her, (laughs) she's like, she, and it wasn't major, but I think she ended up getting stitches. So anyway, I just, (laughs) I I was was at the wrong field, (laughs) but it's that work life, that that whole thing is kind of crazy. And it's all about choices and communication and and it is choices. And it's sometimes I think I'm like you, I, I'm most productive when I have the most going on, but then also I have to take a step back and decide what my sweet spot is in each one. Right. Yeah. And am I hitting? And again, I like to look at them because you do have to work. If, if you could take work out of it, just focus on the relationships and, you know, the health and the well being yeah. and the fun. Great. But Am I, what is my sweet spot and am I hitting those? And then, you know, what, what's got to give, how do you weigh it to balance those things out? Right. Sometimes I get so deep into it. It's like, okay, I'm just going to get it all done. And I'm not good at saying no, I'm really good at saying yes. Yeah. I was um, talking to someone recently and uh, he's planning on scaling his business. So he was talking about, and it's a coaching business, which coaching is very one-on-one. And, you know, wanted to scale this business and we were talking about it and I'm like, you know, I, where are the hours in the day to do this? Because he, you know, wants this personal touch and he wants to, and I was like, all right, that your time is not scalable. 
So if you are doing that, then what are you going to be giving up? So you've got to figure out that balance and that integration of work and life so that it's, um, it works for you, even though you're shooting for that. Is that really what you want? Right. Right. And are you willing to, what are you willing to put into it? That is, that it's probably going to, you're going to have to give something up for that. Right. Is that trade-off worth it? Yeah. And can he right. really scale? That would yeah, be yeah. the question is if, if it's still a lot of his time, he would, I, I, I sympathize with that because that's where I always run into my own problems. Anything with scaling, I like to have my finger on it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you do. And especially with coaching, you know, that it's you, like people want access to you. And so you have to make sure that you're, you have good boundaries. Mm-hmm. Which boundaries are super important. So I'm going to tell you a story of my um, having work-life boundaries. I was reading some statistics on uh, work-life balance. And one of the things that people wanted was, um, can't remember, oh, company culture was one of them. Like they wanted this company culture that supported their well-being. Okay. Which that sounds great, Right. My brother and sister-in-law worked for Twitter way back when it was not Elon's Twitter. I don't know if I've told you this story. It was way back and I don't remember what year it was, but anyway, they worked there and it was sold as we have great work-life balance. And this is how we support you. We, you can eat all of your meals here, you know, so that takes care of you. We have um, people who will do your laundry for you. They'll pick it up. They'll deliver it back. Okay. Um, we have snack bars and alcohol. So you can, you know, have your socials. We have an arcade over here. We have like, it was work life, you know, all incorporated. But what my brother told me, which I was like, wow, that's really insightful because you look at it and you're like, wow, this is so appealing. This is great. But what was happening was it was so easy to stay there that work became their life. Like never left the office. I know they were living at the office. So you could, you could eat breakfast, lunch, dinner there. All you had to do was go home and sleep. And who knows, they could have had beds there. Well, had, back to the pets. That would be the tough one, right? Oh yeah. So they, they had cats. So cats are a little bit easier than dogs, but, but he was like, you know, work became life because it was just easy to stay there and keep working. And don't you think the same, the opposite has happened now with COVID and work from home is people got that privilege of working from home. So they did get animals or animals that got, got used to them being at home and they got a whole routine that you never wanted to leave home to go to the office because you felt very comfortable and it was work. It was a great setting. And so it's hard to go back to working in the office. You know, you hear, right. you hear that all the time with people. I've got this set up and I really don't want to go back because you get comfortable, right? I think the statistic was like 70% of people wanted that flexibility. That that would determine whether they would take a job or not. Wow. 
was 60 or 74. I'll post this article where I found all these statistics. And these statistics are from 20 and 21. So they're they're like pandemic and then we're coming out of a pandemic. So we had had a little bit of the taste of, ah, I don't have to go to work to get my job done. Um, one of the biggest barriers to work-life balance per this survey is personal perfection. Okay. I know I, I've read that. And so then is it part of it then taking on too much because I need to, I need to do all the workout things and not miss any events and be the perfect mom and the perfect wife and the perfect and neighbor. It, and it has to be, it has to be me that does it because I want to be perfect. Okay. Or okay. I also think of this, um, this thing of perfectionism, 20% of your effort gives you 80% of your results. And so if you are a perfectionist, that last 80% of work takes a lot or that 80% of effort, that time, you don't get a lot of results from it, but it takes a lot of time. So that perfectionism will just spirals into taking a lot of time. And I'm thinking about how that applies. Does that apply to, well, I guess when you have less time, your point on your most productive, when you have the most going on, you don't have the leeway of putting that time into it. So you just kind of go with it, right? Right, right. You can't overthink it. You're right. just like, all right, that's good. Let's go. Oh, gotta move. <laughs> right, gotta keep moving. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Now that you said that, I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that like that. It eliminates the opportunity for perfectionism when you're really busy. So how often when you're coaching or consulting, do you run into work-life balance, imbalance issues? Is that something that always comes up, sometimes comes up? I mean, how how does that come up in, in your consulting? It comes up quite a bit. Uh, some people don't even call it that. They just, because... A lot of people that I work with are entrepreneurs. And so they're on their phones, you know, in the evening checking stuff on the weekend. they're like, I can't just put my phone down. Like I, this is business. This is work. And this is how I make my money. It's not like I'm working for someone. I can just shut off and walk away. So creating those boundaries and letting them feel comfortable, not answering everything at, you know, right when it happens, um, it comes up a lot. Work-life balance comes up a lot. And a lot of times they don't even realize it's a problem. And it's interesting to your point on when you hear work-life balance, the, you, me, I immediately think about more of an employee, you know, or, me versus work and when they're one and the same because you're the one running the company and you 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 can't just turn it off it might not be termed as work life balance but it's more i like your term of boundaries it's it's, yeah. it's work life boundaries work like work life boundaries or no matter you still have other things in your life you have to take care of so back to like the the person who's scaling their business okay that's great it's going to take more time but then even before getting into it analyzing and saying hmm you know what's this going to look like and yeah will i have the ability to put up those boundaries right 
Yeah. I, you know, but I have an issue with the word balance because balance means equal, like work and life is equal. And to me, it does like, like they're both here. And if there's one this way or this way, um, so if they're equal, you're balanced. And typically I don't know if there's ever a time where they're equal. Right. You know, I think there's always, you know, you might be a little leaning a little bit more on work today, tomorrow. It's a little bit more personal, you know, it's just kind of a back and forth. I, and think. I think it also is, it gets back to it's, it's you're balancing, but you're balancing to your sweet spot, right? You're balancing to what that is for you, right? Between yes. them. So it isn't, I'm with you, the whole balance here. So maybe you're balancing, but to, like that. but to your, what, what, what you want it to be, you're balancing to your desired state, right? Yeah. I love that, Sandy. I love that you're like, it's we, if you make it a verb versus a noun, balance is a noun. Right. And balancing is like, we're like constantly going back and forth. It's like a tightrope. <laughs> and I think I, maybe it's because I think of things in the three quadrants. Wait, quadrants are four, right? No, in the three areas. Okay. And help me out, Amy. I said, I, I, I got foggy drive brain, but you know, where I don't like work life balance because it's so much more than that. Because back to work versus life, you know, there's so much in both of those, right? And you do have your well-being and you do have different, you know, your, your life is so big, right? And there's so many different parts of that because you do have people that aren't healthy because they don't, they, they've, they're, they're only focusing on taking care of the kids and getting their job done, right? Or their parents, they're, they're manning their relationships and there's no more time for anything else, right? And then they're in a mental fog and they're miserable because they wish they had more time for that. Um, but life is pretty big and bulky. And I don't, I don't think work should take a full side of the equation, right? I think it's, here's my life that includes work. And how do I make all the facets in my life work out? I don't think work deserves its own half. Of yeah, I agree with you. Cause yeah, if work is half, that's 12 hours a day. Right. And then, and then what is the dollar amount that goes with that? I, I run into that quite a bit where people will say, um, I've got to make this amount of money or I can never leave my job because I can't match this somewhere else here. I hear that a lot. Um, or they've gotten up to a high income level where they just mentally think I've got to match this. And I go through the exercise of, okay, so, you know, this, this isn't a question of, do I go part-time and, or do I, you know, you're making a drastic switch, but they, they're making excuses for not making a change because they have this dollar amount in their mind off of what they've earned and I like to go back to two things. First is I like them to do a, a inventory of their balance sheet. And part of that is the true balance sheet. Like, what do you have in savings? And do you have, you know, how much wiggle room do you have for those liabilities, those things that are out there be, that you owe money for, right? But then the other side is what is your assets from your uh, resume, right? Your experience, your knowledge, your goodwill, you know, the network that you built from living in this city for this long, but then 
what looking at your ins and outs, and I'm talking about the income statement. And so often people are spending up to that amount of money they're making, but they're not getting any joy off of a lot of what they're spending money on. And so, but they, but they're, they're fixated on, I've got to make this money to cover all my expenses. And this isn't about budgeting. You know, this isn't going to a person going to zero-based budgeting, but they can look and say, you know what, I just, I, it's become a commitment that has become a routine and part of our lives. And I've never thought about this not being part, second homes. Sometimes people find second homes to be a joy and sometimes they find them to be a burden, right? It's interesting because we've discussed doing a lake house because we don't have a house right now. <laughs> so it's kind of been like, oh, well, maybe a lake house. And it's kind of like, wow, that that's a lifestyle and that's a commitment. And it's just like, mm, okay, so we're, we're still thinking about it. But anyway, it's, there's no it's, right or wrong answer, but it's, there's no right or wrong. Exactly. It's what are your priorities and make sure that you're, you're, spending your time and your money on your priorities mm -hmm. and don't yeah. get fixated on because as we as we get older and more set in our careers you know this is how much we make here's how much we spend and where we spend it and moving is a great way to re-inventory what you're doing because before you sign on the dotted line for the next country club membership season ticket um being part of the broadway show series well, do we really want to do that here? Is that something we both enjoyed? What, did it become more of a burden because of the time? You know, what, how many things can somebody do, right? Um, Reanalyzing, taking a look back at that inventory. So Sandy, one time you told me, I think it was you, I'm pretty sure it was, there is a level of contentment with income. Like there's a point where you're like, all right, content. And then after that, it makes no difference, right? Do you remember what's the- That's the U-curve. So that's the U-curve. And what and the example, this came from Malcolm Gladwell's book, David Glyph, and I actually have a slide on this, so it's top of mind. But the dollar amount at that time, and let's just say it was seven years ago, was for a single, was $75,000. Was the, when people, when they ranked how happy people were, versus the, the, the height of happiness, the peak of happiness, intersection of happiness with dollar amount made. And that always is a mind blow for everybody because they think, oh, no, more, 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 more. But then all of a sudden the burdens of time, how you're spending it, of, of having thinking you can't, you have to stay where you're at, you have to keep making more, all those things that go with it. And, and then you know, when, when you get down to the very bottom, that's when people could be multimillionaires and they question their friendships. They feel like their kids, how do they teach their kids the lessons they learn to make their money, all of those things that go with it and the burdens. Um, and the fact that they can't just say, I'm going to leave my company, my job, because I've got to continue at this level. There, there are a lot of things that came into it. Um, but on the other end, people aren't happy when they're at poverty level either, right? right. Or they can't right. make, so that it's that sweet spot and it, it's different for everyone, but on average, so let's just say maybe that sweet spot now with inflation is $90,000, right? Where they're at their peak of happiness of, I don't have to worry. I'm, you know, I, I can put money aside. I can enjoy life. 
Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, somebody told me recently, and I've thought about this quite a bit, this ties into work-life balance is, um, show me your calendar and I'll show you your priorities. Nice. I know. I thought that was good. I was like, huh? Yeah. Now I don't put everything on my calendar, but if I did, <laughs> it would be good to see. <laughs> uh, mine is a lot of playtime. Um, is it? <laughs> well, that's your priority. <laughs> at least now, you know, at least yeah. now. Awesome. All right. Well, I don't know what else to add. Do you have anything else? No, other than I like the calendar. That visual is really good to think about, about look at your calendar, show me your calendar and I'll show you your priorities and how looking at that as the first step and looking at your balance, right? Assuming that most things are in your calendar, add the other mental things on there. That's a really quick way. I'm going to keep that one too, Amy, and use that one for how are, how are you choosing your rebalances and when you need to do that. So look, look at what's hitting your days. It's funny because when they told me that I did think of that baseball, softball season, <laughs> I was like, all right, that my priority was that, that was it. Right. <laughs> Cause it was all over my calendar. <laughs> all over your calendar. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Sandy. All Have right. a good week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. All right. Bye.